As an academic physician, you probably wondered at some point or another what actually determines your results. What do you think is the one factor that determines your success in academic medicine and in your personal life? Well, it's not hard work. It's not who you know, and it's probably not even where you trained, although maybe that helps a little. It's all determined by the space between your ears. And if you don't know how to control that space called the mind and don't take the garbage out that is in there and all the negativity, it will directly impact your life in a negative way. So in this episode, we're going to all dive into the critical importance of your mind, how to take out the garbage and actually take control of your mind so it serves you, your success, and you get the results you want. So stay tuned and I will be right back. Welcome to the Academic Revolution Podcast, where we are creating a movement to change the future of academic medicine forever. I'm Inga Hoffman, a Harvard-trained pediatric hematologist, oncologist, and a passionate leadership coach with over 20 years of experience in academic medicine. This is the first podcast for academic physicians that will show you how to achieve higher productivity, become an impactful leader, and create a highly successful career doing what you love without sacrificing your personal life. You and I know that the traditional system is broken, so it's time to say no to the old publish or perish mentality and say yes to lasting change. Join me as we transform academic medicine from the inside out, one physician at a time, starting right here with the Academic Revolution podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Academic Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Inga Hoffman, a pediatric hematologist, oncologist, really deeply passionate about academic medicine, helping people thrive in academia, and helping you to discover the tools that you need to succeed, not just in your academic career, but more importantly, in your life. And together, when we do that, we can create change, lasting change in a academic system that is so desperately broken and in need for renewal and revival. So I'm so glad you're here. And today we're going to talk about taking out the garbage and how when you take control of your mind and clean up what's in there in a good way, you actually really change the results in your life and in your academic career. So what I'm going to talk about today is from pillar number three, mental mastery of the physician success DNA method. And I think it's going to really help you. I'm super excited about this topic. This is one of the things, probably one of the fundamental things that helped me the most when I started on this journey six, seven years ago. So let's dive right in. What I really want you to get today is that your mind is really the epicenter of your results. It's when you're focused on what's happening in your mental space, in your mind, that you can actually create the results in your life that you want. Because your mental space, your mind, your conscious and your subconscious mind is the directly impacting the results you get in your life. You might be saying, well, either that's totally crazy, isn't it hard work, or the things I do 
uh, my training or maybe my publication record and all these kind of things. Or you might say, yeah, I heard that before and gloss over. If you're in either of those two categories, I want you to sit tight and listen in and tune in. And let me explain and unpack that for you because I I don't only think, I really know that it's going to really, really help you. So many, many years ago, somebody invented, perhaps I would say, a model of how our mind and our thinking really works and how that impacts our results. And I wish I could do a drawing for you. But if you just imagine you have a little stick man and you have, you know, the head and the the legs and the body and the, the arms and the legs. And imagine the head, a big circle for your head. And you would just on top there have two parts. The head represents the mind. And if you split that in half, there's two parts really to our mind. One is the conscious mind, it's our thinking mind, and then there's our subconscious mind, which is where all our where our emotional mind is, where where our habits lie, where our deep memories lie, uh, where sort of the creative part is, the intuitive mind, so to speak, that we don't consciously think about. And then we have the conscious mind. You, we are all very familiar with that one. It's the one that uh, analyzes, that, that takes in information. And as academic physician, I know you're super good with taking in a boatload of information, memorizing facts and uh, principles and um, and all sorts of diseases. So we have our conscious mind, the intellectual mind, the thinking mind, as well as our subconscious mind. Now the big difference between the two is that the conscious mind can accept or reject ideas. Like you might read an article and say, oh, I really like that idea. I think they did a good, well-rounded study. I'm, I'm going to accept this as a, a fact and as truth. And other times you might say, well, that study is pretty flawed. I really am not so sure about this result. And you reject it. That's one example. The same is true with news. You might hear something and say, well, that's a bunch of garbage. Or you say, oh, this sounds really interesting. Or, oh, I'm really worried about this. And you sort of take that in. That is our conscious mind who does these actions. We accept or reject ideas because we have conscious awareness. We can think about it. And we can decide what we will do with that information. Now, once we accepted it, it kind of eventually trickles down to our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind cannot really accept or reject things and make decisions. It only accepts things. So that's where our habits lie. That's, for example, where most of what you do in life, how you react, how you do things, how you think, how you go about your day, 95% of that is habit-driven. And I'm actually going to do a whole series on really understanding habits and how you can use them to your power in the near future. So stay tuned for that. So that's, for example, what the subconscious mind does. It's there where we have that deep intuition, our kind of instincts and knowing of knowing. You know, the gut feeling that you have, it's maybe about a patient where you're like, ah, this just doesn't feel right. Don't ever reject those instincts, just as a side note. So subconscious and conscious mind, big difference. So our thought process starts, you know, in our conscious mind. Eventually, it creates... Our thoughts create certain emotions, uh, which 
literally, if you can think about it, it is a certain energy, a certain frequency that gets set into emotion. You feel about a thought a certain way. You have a certain thought and it gives you either a positive feeling, joy, or maybe anxiety, gratitude, or fear, love, or maybe anger. So our thoughts directly impact our emotions. And you probably have observed this. You started to think about something, you got a piece of information, you saw something happening, like, for example, my kids acting up, I'm getting a little frazzled, I'm thinking, oh, they never listen to me. And what does that create in me? A certain emotion, right? Not of gratitude, but maybe of resentment or frustration. And then I'm acting that out. So from your thought, you create a certain emotion, and that then gets set into motion in an activity, action that causes a certain result. And that's really how our mind works and how we create our results. So it goes from a thought to an emotion um, to that translating into action into a certain result then in our life because what determines the results that you get? What we think it's our actions. But as you can see from this model that we call the stick man, it actually lies deeper. And the origin of the action is actually lying deeper than just I decided to do something. There is a deeper thought and an emotion tied to it that comes from your conscious and subconscious mind. There's a lot more to talk about. I go very deep into that stuff in my physician scientist coaching program. But for now, just keep in mind, there's a sort of a hierarchy, there's a flow process. And that I have been trained to think about as the stickman. Now the stickman, again, all of these are not my inventions. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> this actually, the stickman was a model that was created by a guy named Thurman Fleet, who was a, a chiropractic physician and healer who was very much into sort of more understanding how uh, metaphysics work and how mind works and how the mind has direct impact, in this case, on health and the body. And in fact, you probably have noticed that on your patients. I see this in my pediatric oncology patients and the families all the time. How they act, how they think, what their attitude is, has a very direct impact on how they're feeling. So this stickman was invented by a guy or described by a guy named Thurman Fleet. Now, I know a lot of people refer to it these days as the model just that you know, it's not a new invention. Somebody just repackaged an old idea and made it sound like they came up with it. But uh, in practical terms, this has been around for probably nearly, I don't know, 80 years or something. So this has been a very old idea. And in fact, I would probably say neither Thurman Fleet came up with it either. It actually is a much older idea than that. So if you look back at biblical scripture, and by the way, before you just go turn off right now, because I used the B word, take a pill, chillax. Yes, I'm a person of faith. I'm not sharing anything crazy with you. I'm just referencing some old ideas from an old writing, a good old book called the Bible that actually has a lot of wisdom in there. And if you would read in there, there's a lot of verses 
referring to these principles. In fact, there's a whole book called The Proverbs that teaches us about how when you apply certain wisdom in your life, certain thought processes, how that has in general a really good impact in your life. Common sense, right? So for example, you might read a verse that says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, as you can see in this verse, that comes from Romans 12, verse 2, if you want to check that out, that there is a big transformation happening on the mental level, in your mind. That is sort of the deep source of where our thoughts come from and where we can use our own thinking versus thinking in this case is don't think like what what the common knowledge out there is think for yourself and be transformed in your mind I love that first because it's so incredible empowering it's like don't stick to what everybody else is when all the sheep say blah blah go over here you can really think about does it make sense and Use your mind, be transformed from your inner being. So that's a very powerful verse. But it comes to very practical things. So in Philippians, Paul, who wrote the letter, encourages people to say, you know, think about the stuff. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, noble, lovely, commendable, whatever is with excellence, praiseworthy, think about these things. Basically, here, the, the author of that letter, Apostle Paul, encouraged people in Philippi to think about things that are good. And that was in a, in a context as well. But I just want to use these as examples that, you know, not even Thurman Fleet came up with a stickman and understood the importance of the mind it is what we are born with. It is how we are created. Our mind is the most powerful thing that helps us live our life. And you probably all have noticed that at some point or another, when you're down, when you're not feeling well, you sometimes just have a, you know, one of those bad days, right? It usually starts in the mind. Yeah, perhaps there is a physical symptom that drags you away. But the mind is usually taking over and often taking the lead to spiral things out of control. And it's such a powerful place to understand how the mind works and that you're fully resourced and equipped to transform it, to take charge of it, and to actually say, if that is the source of my results, if Thurman Fleet is correct, or maybe you believe in the Bible, maybe you don't, it doesn't matter to me one way or another, that then you understand, whoa, the mind is a powerful place. That's where I can take hold of things in my life. That's where the seed point and the starting point is to then transform my thoughts into action. Now, if that is all true, wouldn't you want to keep that space in good condition? Just like if you have a house and you really enjoy hanging out in your living room and relaxing, it's really much more relaxing, at least personal to me, if it is a clean living space. And the same is true for your mind. If that is your control center, if that is your 
master computer, like some people would uh, say, right? Wouldn't you want to keep it in good shape and maintain it well so it serves you for your greater good and for the greater good of what you're here to do in the world? Taking care of your patients, advanced science, loving your family. Sure, you would, right? And that's exactly what I want to talk about today. I know you're like, well, that was a big backstory, but it's really important you understand the foundational principles and how critical important um, your mind, your conscious and your subconscious mind is in creating your results. Absolutely important. Now, if that is true, then let's make sure that space is cleaned up so we can use it well. Now, just want to go into one thing today that you can do. Well, a couple of tips that act on one strategy or one principle that you can do to help you really keep your mind clean and actually take out the garbage. So if you're most people, most of us have a lot of baggage in that mind and we are very unfiltered of what we let in. So number one. The biggest thing you can do for yourself to clear out, take out the garbage and clear out your mind and start fresh and get the space cleaned up is control your input. As I mentioned earlier, you control your input. You have the power to do that and you can reject and accept ideas through your conscious mind. So choose wisely what you put in the mind, like news, social media, being around the wrong people. All that, have you ever noticed that, I mean, as long as I can live, but especially in the recent years, it seems to get worse and worse by the year. There's nothing good on the news or in the newspaper, certainly not on the average news channel, right? And that's because they are marketing business. They're trying to make a profit and good news usually doesn't create as much profit as bad news. So instilling fear and 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 drama is usually what drives viewers. That's why they exist. It's an important thing to remember. Same with social media. They're trying to keep you on the platform, usually not with happy cat stories, but with something else. And also the people you surround yourself with. You are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So if you want to nurture your mind in a good way, surround yourself with good people that don't drag you down. And for crying out loud, stop listening to the news and reading the newspaper. Um, now I'm very, I feel like I'm very smart about that. I hated the news. Even when I was a little kid, I never wanted to watch them. I also never wanted to read the newspaper because I'm like, why does it matter? Because tomorrow it's already history. And um, now I'm very glad that I had that, what I back then thought was a bad habit. Any case, so control your input. Be very mindful. You don't believe me? Just watch, observe. You take the news and you scroll on social too much. How does it affect your mood and your action? Are you going to be chipper when you turn off? Or are you going to be a little bit grumpy? Are you going to be full loaded in energy and going into action to write your grant or your manuscript or you feel drained? Just observe what actually happens to you. You don't have to believe me. Just run an experiment on your life. You're a scientist and you're a scientist of your life. I remind people of that over and over again. Okay, let's move on. So control your input. Number two, replace your thoughts. Um, that's when, when we talk about the verse that I mentioned earlier, renew your mind. It is really an active thing. You have to replace what is in there when something negative comes up. 
you turn it into something positive. That is one way. Because your mind cannot hold two opposing thoughts at the same time. You cannot be angry and loving at the same time. You can oscillate between the two, but you cannot do it at the same time. So again, if something negative comes up, rephrase it. Catch that negative thing and rephrase it into something good. Or if that is not possible because you're really in the thick of it and you're frustrated, we've all been there, I get there, then do something that I learned from one of my other mentors. Move your attention. Um, If you're really sucked into a negative cycle of thoughts, move your attention from what that is to something else. That something else could be as simple as catching that you're actually in the rut with your thoughts and you'll keep on going on a negative cycle and then think, hmm, perhaps you look at something else. It could be the flowers or the trees or the the leaves falling off the trees or something in your room. It doesn't matter, except maybe not your cell phone. So um, replace your thoughts or move your attention and surround yourself with the right people. I mentioned this before, but I cannot tell you how important that is. Surround yourself with the people that lift you up. And maybe not even by affirmations, but when you are around them, that just make you feel better, stronger, not in a self-centered way, but in a, man, the world is an amazing place. We can do this in an encouraging way. Surround yourself with the right people, those that are full of joy. Have you ever noticed those people that seem to have just, you know, have inherited the happy gene and you just want to be in around them all the time? That that happens to all of us, right? We're like, wow, this person's just so fun to be around. They're never in a bad mood. Surround yourself with these people. And guess what? Before you know it, you will become like them. Now, surround yourself with a bunch of complainers, grumblers. That's what you will also become. It's natural because we just absorb this stuff. And then the last thing is literally empty out the garbage. Meaning any unhelpful thoughts, just you have to remove them. And again, it comes to awareness recognize that it's happening and stop it right there because that is your responsibility and that is the hardest thing to do. The other thing that I learned very recently when I started to really learn from others in, in the healing space out of conventional medicine and when I saw people that have left some perhaps uh, have to do some healing through some deep-seated wounds, trauma, pain, spiritual things that really affected them. It is incredibly important, and I cannot stress this enough, that if there are deeper things, that we replace that vacuum with something new and better. When we let go of some of the bad stuff, to take something new in that fills almost that void in your in your in your soul in your spirit that takes it up because otherwise guess when there's a vacuum somewhere what happens when you have a vacuum 
it sucks something else in, the closest thing that's uh, close by. So if you just dealt with a bunch of negativity and you feel like you have up unloaded some of that, maybe there's some past hurt, some past trauma, um, some difficult situation, and you feel like you're ready to unload that and let it go. If, if that void isn't filled in a positive way by something loving, good, joyful, um, peaceful, it will very easily grab the next thing around you, which and chances are, are probably negative. That is so important. And then perhaps just keep a journal and, and uh, keep a log of your gratitude, uh, sort of a Venus journal things that are positive to replace them. So again, your mind cannot hold two opposing ideas at once once you got rid of the bad you can put something good put that in big you know quotation marks so that it can fill that space that you kind of just emptied out where you emptied out the garbage you're going to put something good in there so in summer next time we have negative thoughts and emotions and they really kind of get you down the rabbit hole and perhaps get you also in a rabbit hole where you feel like you're not taking the action on things that you know you need to take. Just first of all, observe that that is happening and how a preceding emotion and likely a preceding thought and perhaps even a preceding event took place that led you down that rabbit hole. And if you have sort of just as a reference, actually, I remember I did an episode on attitude. This is a great example. So go back and listen to episode 13 to get you some clarity and how that also happens. But so first, number one, be aware that that happens, that your results and your actions are eventually, they are determined at the root cause by your emotions, ultimately your thoughts, that you're empowered to change them and renew your mind actively and you can be an active participant out and that you can't take out the garbage block what's going in your mind by avoiding negativity through news social media people that negatively influence you or that not serving you and replace them with good wholesome thoughts I know that is a lot to wrap your head around and I'm sure I'm going to talk about this more at other times. In fact, I will be talking about this a lot in my upcoming coaching program and at the Academic Revolution live training series. But I want to just lay the foundation for you to understand. You're fully resourced and equipped. You're empowered because you are in control of your mind. You can learn how to do this. It will take time. But as you increase your awareness and practice, amazing things are possible. So go out there, make a difference in the world, make a bigger impact and create together. We can trade the academic revolution and actually make academia a better place for everyone because the world, our patients, the future will need us. Thank you. Hey there, friend, real quick. If you followed me for any amount of time, you realize that I'm super passionate about helping other academic physicians just like you thrive in academic medicine. And for this purpose, I have created a three-day live training series 
called the Academic Revolution Live. The event starts October 6, and I really want you to be there. It's going to be awesome, and you're going to learn a lot. To sign up, go to Inga Hoffman, 1F and 2Ns.com forward slash AR Live to sign up. Again, that is IngaHoffman.com forward slash AR Live. You can also find the link in the show notes. Cannot wait to see you there. Talk to you soon.